Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and I'll be your host on this journey through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond. Welcome to episode number 66 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I am really looking forward to bringing you this week's episode. I came across today's guest a month or two back on Instagram and was excited to find someone doing whole hog barbecue on cinder block pits right here in Alberta. I was able to sit down with Peter a couple of weeks ago during a quick day trip up to Edmonton and really felt like we shared a lot of thoughts about barbecue. Peter's appreciation of barbecue history really struck me and I can't wait to see what's coming next for him and Pitt County Barbecue. My conversation with Peter Zakuski is coming up after a quick few notes here. The Two and Out CFL Live podcast event is now officially sold out, but you will have uh, a chance to get your hands on some tickets. I have a pair that I'll be giving away starting next week, so stay tuned to the podcast and to my social media. You can also contact Booker's Grill and Crab Shack directly to book a table if you want to be a part of it. The event goes down Thursday, November 21st at 2.30 p.m. The Alberta Podcast Network has partnered with SeatGiant.ca to offer our listeners a great deal on tickets to major sporting events, big concerts, popular theater throughout North America, and more. The CFL playoffs are just around the corner, and the race for positioning here in the Western Division gets more and more interesting every week. Visit SeatGiant.ca and use the code APN at checkout to save 5% on your CFL football tickets. You'll save yourself a few bucks, and you'll be helping to support the network at the same time. Seat Giant is Canadian-owned and operated, and all ticket prices, even for events in the U.S., are listed in Canadian dollars, so you won't uh, get any nasty exchange rate scares when you get your credit card statement. Use the code APN at checkout when you visit SeatGiants.ca and support the Alberta Podcast Network. We had a few Canadian teams show some great results this past week at the World Food Championships in Dallas, Texas, and there are more Canadian teams descending on Tennessee this week for the Jack Daniels Invitational. Congrats to the teams that competed in Dallas, and good luck to the Canadian barbecue community cooking at the Jack. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode here up in Edmonton today, and I'm sitting with Peter Zakuski of Pitt County Barbecue. Peter, welcome to the show. How are you today? Good, thank you for having me. Thank you for taking some time, I appreciate it. Uh, So uh, let's start out with, uh, tell me your your barbecue story, kind of how did you uh, get into the whole barbecue thing and then end up with uh, what you're doing now? Uh, I've always been a really big person food-wise. I've yep. always really been interested in food. I wanted to either be a chef or go to school for it. Um, so it's been a huge passion of mine. I've always done a lot of cooking. Yep. And usually around my birthday, if I'm not going somewhere, I'll try and do a cooking event. Nice. So about four or five years ago, I ended up doing a spit roast lamb in my backyard over a fire. Nice. Went really, really well. And then I was kind of curious what I could do next. So looking into that, beef is way too expensive. Yep. Chickens are kind of boring. Um, so I found pigs. So yep. instead of doing a picnic or a shoulder of some sort, mm-hmm. I just looked at whole hog. Nice. So looked at how to do it, looked at the pits, um, ended up finding the center block style. Yeah. So with that, looked down into it a little bit more and found that it was quite large in eastern North Carolina or the Carolinas as a whole and structured the pick that way and did one and it went swimmingly and had a bunch of friends there and it just kind of spiraled from there so did another one and then 
one friend asked me to do one for his stag, another friend asked me to do one for his stag, and yep. it just kept building and Going building through, yeah. and building, and the the taste of it has just been amazing that I mm-hmm. haven't really looked back at trying awesome. to do a lamb or a goat or yep. really anything else. Yeah. So. No, I when I when we kind of came across each other on Instagram a few weeks back, uh, the whole hog thing is something that I'm I haven't tried yet, but it's definitely high up on my uh, to-do list. So. I was really kind of excited to see that somebody was doing that up here and uh, with the cinder block style, the way you're doing it, that's, uh, yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's been great. It's it's more of a traditional Eastern North Carolina. Um, that's the style that we do, but it is more of a traditional way of doing it. Now you'll see a lot of the guys use metal smoker rigs yeah. by BQ Grills BQ, yeah. or a bunch of other companies. So the portability of the cinder blocks and the versatility of the cinder blocks has been really nice. Yeah. I'm a little weird where we relocate the pit mm-hmm. every single time so okay. when we're doing an event we'll do all the way from a 50 pound pig up yeah. so if we're doing a smaller pig it's obviously a smaller structure that we set up if it's right. a bigger one we go bigger so mm-hmm. the versatility of it's been really really nice and yeah. it is again more of an homage to the original saw how, how it was done yeah. either through masonry bricks or center block so right. The structure of the pits, even if you go to Skylight Inn in Aiden, North Carolina, they still have the actual masonry brick style. They do have a few BQ units, uh, but it is more to that kind of style of the old way of doing it. I think he's using the BQs more at the Sam Jones barbecue, right? Yeah, yeah, using, and even for like Big Apple. Yeah, um, the events and stuff. Yeah, yeah, more of the trailer units and everything like that. So. I, I like it. The versatility is good. The history of it, and mm-hmm. again, just doing the whole hog in a style that is not on a spit. Right. Uh, a lot of the full pig barbecue you will see. Mm-hmm. I would say probably in Alberta and surrounding areas, it is more spit based. Okay. So you're either gonna get a full hog from an Asian grocer mm-hmm. who that is growing up kind of where I always ended up finding mine which then you'll have them with the five spice and okay. it masks the pork flavor a little bit and a lot of the times with catering outfits or other people on the spit they'll have their sauces and everything else and we just really like to have salt and pepper garlic powder keep it really simple we do have a vinegar sauce that we can add and can provide but right. oddly enough most people choose not to use it just nice. because luckily we have made it so juicy and succulent yeah. that even people who really like sauce have said that they don't need it, which is always a really nice compliment. Yeah, so they let the meat speak for itself, right? Yeah. So ta, for folks that kind of aren't familiar with it, talk about the process and doing the whole hog on the, on the brick pit. So for us with the center blocks, again, what we'll do is we'll move the, the pit to the location specified by the client for the event. Um, then we sidewalk blocks to line it just to trap any grease or keep the charcoal and the embers and everything um, contained within our side rather than um, damaging any concrete or grass or anything Um, so we'll get to site we will set up the pit Uh, we have a prep table that we put poly over so we'll take the pig out Um, if the butcher doesn't do it we will actually cut the box and the head off okay Um, so on our end, we'll save them for future use, mm-hmm. either making head cheese or split pea soup, uh, whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, and then once we do have the pig ready to go, 
excuse me, we'll cut along the spine yep. just so that we can splay it open, similar mm-hmm. to a spatchcock chicken or turkey, and then we'll season it. So yep. on the inside of it, we season it with uh, fresh cracked pepper, uh, kosher salt, and garlic powder. Nice. Uh, decently heavy seasoning just since it is such a big chunk of meat and then once we're done that we'll flip it over um, use kind of a Sam Jones homage style of coating the back with water and then using a table salt just the difference between the table salt and the kosher salt draws out a little bit more moisture crisps up the skin a little bit more Um, so then from there what we'll do is we'll put it in a for lack of a better term concrete mesh that we will tie wire together yep. just so that when we do flip it it keeps contained um, from there we will use charcoal chimneys mm-hmm. and set up the charcoal for each four corners of the grill okay. once it is good and lit we'll put it into the grill allow the pit to come up to a decent temperature right and then we put the pig on right so from there it is the true definition of low and slow. Yeah. So we just put it on, monitor the coals. Excuse me, we tend to use uh, long charcoal yeah, or okay. briquettes. Uh, yeah. We try to use briquettes that don't actually have any chemicals in them. So The natural, yeah. Yeah, the natural Weber, Weber has a, a good style okay. of that um, that we find works really well. So we try to do that and throughout the process we monitor it depending on the temperature. We just try and keep the heat up and mm-hmm. monitor the, the animal as it goes. Yeah. We have uh, pieces of metal that we cover it. Keep again, the heat in a bit. Yeah, similar to, again, down south. Yeah. Um, if it's really cold, we can put the metal and then plow it on top. Okay. Yeah. And then the last hour, hour and a half, depending on heat, we will flip the pig over to try and crisp the skin as much as we can. Yeah. And if we do everything right, it gets really nice and crispy and we get some good crackles out yeah. of it. And then once it is all said and done, we open up the cage and break apart the animal yep. and uh, serve it to uh, the lucky guests. Right. So skin side up for most of the cook? Skin side up for the then, majority of the cook. The probably end. about three quarters of it. Right. Roughly, yep. again, depending on temperature and the size of the animal, sure. yep. fat cap and uh, just how the skin is and everything else. So mm-hmm. if it is cooking relatively slow, that's a little bit longer. I mean. The most important thing, as much as people do love the crackles and the skin, is to make sure that the meat is properly cooked. Yep. So, bone side down, it's the denser side, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, once everything's looking nice and good, we flip it yep. over gloss a little bit and crisp up that skin. Awesome. So, uh, say you mentioned it kind of as a, on the small side, a 50-pound uh, pig. What kind of a time is that for cooking? Ballpark, again, for temperature and everything, what I like to project, and it fluctuates with temperature and heat of the coals and everything else, uh, is about an hour per 10 pounds. Okay. As my ballpark mark, so that's when you're here and down south and the guys are taking 12 to 18 hours plus. Yeah. It's because they're doing about 120, 180 pound hogs. So that's my ballpark. Uh, A little bit longer, again, we like letting it rest a little bit after the fact, just so it's easier to handle. Yeah. And, um, we don't let it get cold, but it's like letting the steak rest. Yeah, we just course. want those juices yep. to kind of suck in a little bit. Settle in there. So really a small pig like that, you could get it going in the morning and be eating it that evening, right? It's not a... Exactly. It doesn't have to be an overnight thing. Exactly. And so far we've tried to structure it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have to do overnight ones, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but even some of the larger ones, we've just woken up earlier and started it 
during the day and yeah. kept it going. I mean, it helps too because the morning temperatures are a little bit warmer, um, even in the summers and whatnot. So it allows us to maintain that temperature within the pit consistently throughout the cook. Awesome. Um, so, so going from that, you know, cooking for friends and stuff in your backyard. How did uh, what was the evolution to Pitt County Barbecue all of a sudden? The big evolution came from Canada Day. Okay. So I was lucky enough to have a friend's father uh, open up his cabin for their cabin anniversary. Okay. So we did a 85-pound pig for about 70 people out there, yep. uh, and it went really, really well. And throughout the event, I had about three to four people uh, come and ask if I was a caterer, if I had cards, and at the time I was kind of doing it recreationally and yep. just enjoying it, doing it as much as I could because I loved it. Yeah. And then that just started the wheels turning a little bit more, realizing that maybe I could turn this into something. Yep. So started to formalize it a little bit more after the event, yep. uh, came up with the name, came up with the logo, did the website, social media. Um, just tried to really get our name out there yep. now moving forward and That's since then we've got a few events yep. this uh in september through that and some good awesome. ones and have been gaining some traction into the fall and uh just gotta keep pushing it and see how so that was just this spring. this canada day this summer this past canada okay, day so is yeah. when it really turned more into yep. the proper business rather than just a pastime and recreation i mean we have been doing them for about four or five years, like I was saying. Right. Um, yeah. So it's not necessarily something new that we just got into, but, uh, but it's the, business. the formality of it and really wanting to take it to the next level and right. really turn it into proper catering outfit rather mm -hmm. than just a pastime hanging out with your buddies. Yeah. Really transformed when we finally started getting some strangers asking yeah. for <laughs> for us to do it. How do I get in on this? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So that was really nice. Yeah. So talk... Uh, just, you know, turning it into a business with Alberta health regulations, permitting, all that sort of stuff. What kind of these it's kind been, of loopholes you've noticed? It, uh, you? It's been fun. The, yeah. uh, I was skeptical at this point uh, with our setup, how it's all going. Mm -hmm. uh, but in talking with AHS, we, we, I wouldn't say lucked out, but we were in a nice niche of it being more of a chef or hire than a okay. larger scale business. So right. since we're not doing it at at this point in time, but we're working on AHS with that. Uh, breweries or community leagues or bigger things like that, and we're actually doing it at residences. They had us classified as a chef or hire. Right, so a little, so, uh, little easier on the... A little easier. The, the nice thing with that is that we actually were able to, again, with just moving the pig and, or pit, sorry, and picking up the pit from pig from our butcher. Right. Um, on route it really worked out well we weren't providing any sides or anything as of yet uh, that is changing now with the right. different permitting structure that we got uh, but that allowed us to have the licensing the insurance um, and everything else that is needed to actually allow us to be a proper food outfit so even with that uh, we've partnered with the local restaurant in town uh, to rent out a space in their kitchen to Perfect. allow us to do any prep work moving forward right. so for our spice blend that we're hoping to roll out mm -hmm. here in the next few months with proper labeling and everything right. with the new permitting with AHS and uh, now 
with the new permitting that we will have, which is more of a special event catering right. uh, notion behind that, we'll be able to do any proper food prep for full catering there. So with the, the commercial kitchen, yeah, exactly. Perfect. So the cornbread, uh, what we call Canadian collards, which is just white navy beans, bacon, and kale, okay. and our normal baked bean recipe, and a few things like that. So now we can do the prep at the restaurant nice. and. Um, and bring them with us with the proper cooking now and it, it's been good but initially since we are a little weird and they were trying to classify us as a mobile food business which would be uh, a food truck yeah. obviously you can't have a, a pit in yeah. a truck yeah. uh, let alone in a building yeah without proper ventilation it uh, took a little while but everything seems to be good Excellent. now and right off the bat yeah we were good with the chef or higher designation so perfect it's worked out well yeah then uh, Make it a little easier for you. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I want to talk about the pit a little, but uh, we're going to take a real quick pause for a word from our Alberta Podcast Network sponsor, and then we'll get back and talk a little bit more about that. Perfect. If you're an Albertan, chances are you love our forests. With more than 60% of the province covered in them, they're where we play, explore, and work. Over 40,000 Albertans are employed because of our sustainable forestry industry. And before a single tree is harvested, we plan 200 years ahead to ensure healthy forests for years to come. Why? Because you nurture what you love. Learn more at loveabforests.ca. All right, we're back. So let's uh, talk about the pit. You kind of touched on it a little. You're you're putting so sidewalk blocks on the bottom. Yeah. So I've got sidewalk blocks on the bottom. Yeah. Um, that way, again, heat retention a little bit more. Sure. Uh, as, as well, keeps the pearls in the mess yeah. away from the driveway or wherever you do. We can do it on driveways. We can do it um, on grass. Although more than likely, we end up killing the grass. We tend to like to do it on a driveway. Right. Uh, and then we just do the center walk around the sidewalk block. So, right. excuse me, what that entails for us. For the smaller animals, we do two blocks wide by three across, okay. and then we do three high. Okay. So we'll do the first layer, and then the second layer, and then we put our flat bar across that we can put the animal on, and yeah. then we put one more layer of center block, which allows us, with again, the flat bar again, to put our metal tin sheeting right. on yep. to create more or less a glorified oven. Yeah. So with that, again, we can scale up, scale down. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we did the 85-pound pig, we more or less doubled it so we went by a three by four and we had more than enough room. so at this point in time no animals too big sadly some are too small right just because some butchers don't like working with the smaller animals because they're going from a suckling pig to a weaning pig and uh, that's only fair mm-hmm. so what sort of a temperature are you holding in there Ideally, what we're going for is around 250-ish, yeah. um, and trying to keep that as consistent as we can. We have a few vent holes that we do go through, right. uh, just again to keep the charcoal going. Yeah. Um, if we do notice again in a little bit cold, the nice thing with charcoal briquettes or lump is you can increase that temperature if needed pretty quick. Yeah. So usually, what we'll do too is when we do flip it over and we have the skin side down, we'll spread the coals out from the four corners more consistently throughout the pit and add a few more briquettes or lump charcoal just to bring that up up crisp up the skin at that point in time too we're trying to render the fat down Mm -hmm. one of the events that we did it makes me really happy one of the events that we did at the start of september we had the 
skin was so crispy that once all the four corners were off, you could actually pick up the big section like a cookie sheet. Nice. And we had rendered the fat down so much that it was cooling in the bubbles of the crackling that we had and actually boiling. Oh, nice. <laughs> that one puts a huge smile on my no face. Doubt, yeah. Because, yeah, the, the ability to render that fat down and have it so clean and have that juice and everything just just work out so well was, was amazing. That, that crispy skin is what you're going for every yeah. time. And yeah. to be able to, to really knock that out of the park. It, uh, that one felt great. Awesome. So you're keeping kind of the coals just in the corners? In the four corners. Just trying to keep it not un- right under the animal. Yeah, right? the, the density of the meat is in the four corners right. for the most part. So yeah. you're just trying to keep the, the heat where the density is. I mean, the, the bigger bones as well are in that area. Yeah. Um, so around the neck and the spine, you have it. What uh, naturally happens is within that, the heat kind of connects in the middle and due to the belly, and the loins being a little bit slimmer, yeah. um, you're not overcooking them. And with the rendering of the fat that is would be in the belly for the bacon, you're getting what I like to call meat floss. Okay. So that's taking all the belly meat and you're cooking it really slow and you're getting that fat rendering down to the point where once it's fully cooked, you can literally pull it muscle strand by muscle strand yeah. and it looks like floss. Yeah. So, that's my term for it is meat floss because yep. that's also something else that when you see it at least for me it puts a huge smile on my face because i know that that means what i'm doing i'm doing right and that it's going to be delicious yeah. so it's always fun to pull that out as i'm breaking down the animal mm-hmm. and walk around and pull strand by strand and hand it to people to, to have a little taste. taste of what's coming right yeah so where where did you learn all this a lot of it just came from my interest in cooking background, yeah. uh, the cook, the trial by air for that lamb, and then from there, just a lot of cookbooks, um, a lot of online stuff. So for me, one of the biggest books actually wasn't even a cookbook. It was the One True Barbecue by Ryan Fertel. Yeah, yeah, I've got read it. Yeah. And that one just really turned me on to mm-hmm. it that took it next level for me just yep. hearing the history and the heritage behind it and these remote locations that were pulling people in i mean whole hog it really is something that is luxurious because you're thinking of going to a grocery store and you're getting a pork chop or mm-hmm. pork tenderloin and this you're actually taking the entire animal all the cooked all the animals being cooked from the bacon to the loins to the chops everything and it really is a luxurious so when you're thinking about it and reading that book and just hearing about the history and how it is such a big thing that it's a big event for the community or families and just hearing that really really got me excited about it and made me look into it a little bit more because just hearing the passion that was coming through in the book just made me really excited about it and from there luckily over the last few years it's been getting a little bit more notoriety in that book too ryan talks about it being a dying breed of barbecue i think it's uh it is coming back it's starting to come back a bit yeah so thanks to people like sam jones or elliot moss Mm -hmm. um they're doing things a little bit differently and getting a little bit more attention towards them even rodney scott i mean with rodney scott and jay James Beard and Sam Jones and Skylight Inn and James Beard, they're catching eyes and doing that is really exciting and hoping to by no means be on the scale that they are but pay homage to that and Mm -hmm. expose a whole different 
cultural group up in Canada to that style of barbecue is really what I'm trying to do because going down there and seeing it a few years ago and going to all the spots and just seeing the history and the culture and how much interest people actually have in it down there it's really exciting everybody knows brisket everybody knows ribs not easy but somewhat accessible to actually try your hand at but taking taking a whole pig isn't really something that you can just decide to do on a weekend per se with a bit of prep work for that yeah exactly well talk about that trip a little bit we were chatting a little bit about it before we started recording so that was about two years ago on my birthday i planned a big uh, trip down south so we flew into raleigh and from raleigh we drove out to aiden so at aiden we did skylight and outside of aiden we stopped at parker's and Parker's was really, really good. Oddly enough, probably my favorite fried chicken I've ever had. Okay, yeah. From a whole yeah. hog joint. Go figure. Exactly. Yeah. And then from there, I stopped in at Kinston for Chef and the Farmer, which is Vivian Howard, another big uh, southern chef, and then made my way down to Charleston to try Rodney Scott's and Husk and uh, some Sean Brock uh, or ex-Sean Brock restaurants. But yeah. it was a really good trip seeing seeing the hospitality of the southern people just being so open to sharing what they know at Skylight Inn spent a considerable amount of time in the pit room with the pit master and he answered all my questions showed me the process seeing their massive piles of wood in the back was just awe-inspiring to know that that's how much they're burning I mean, probably some people would get offended for the fact that that many trees are being burned, but at the same time, a lot of the times, and that's one nice thing about Rodney Scott, is they are old dead trees. Yeah, those are trees that are fall, fell trees, yeah. and uh, they're harvesting that wood that would just get burned or exactly. wasted anyways. And, right? and that's one nice thing about Rodney Scott, that a lot of people, if you don't know him, one of his big claims to fame, per se, is the fact that everybody in his neighborhood and community knows that if a tree's falling down due to a windstorm or a hurricane or something, heard, heard that they can call him. Yeah, call he'll show up the next day, and he will actually show up, or at least he used to, who knows anymore. Yeah. Um, but he'll bring his chainsaws and yeah. get all the wood, and it's just a nice way to see the community down there, too. And even in Charleston at his restaurant, um, yeah, the hospitality of just peering in the pit room and the pit master calling me in and spending close to an hour with him going through everything and hearing their stories and hearing how they adjust for the humidity and temperature in their climate it was, it was an amazing trip that's awesome no it's, i love hearing the stories like that and uh, yeah that's uh, on my list to get down that way so yeah definitely been, been definitely lucky to do texas a little bit but, yeah yeah and, and carolina i mean you get the different styles of carolina so you get yeah. the eastern north carolina which is more of the vinegar based sauce you get the western um Carolina style, which is a little bit more tomato and vinegar, so ketchup or tomato paste, and then the notorious South Carolina is the mustard sauce. So not a lot of mustard sauces that I see down there, but you're getting more of the mustard influence rather than just a pure vinegar or pure uh, tomato paste. So the other big notable mention between um, the East and the West of North Carolina is East tends to focus more on whole hog where west tends to focus more on shoulders so then once you go down into the south it's a little bit more whole hog again but again kind of sparse where there seems to be a pretty clear-cut division between east and west on the north side so that's why we do say we do focus on more of an eastern north carolina style uh, just due to the fact that we are doing whole hog 
we try to do it over real wood, mm-hmm. which would be the bump charcoal. Yeah. And we do try and have just a pure vinegar-based sauce. So our vinegar sauce is just a take on something similar down there, but we take an apple cider vinegar and we do a four to one part mix with our spice rub that we have. So we have a Pitt County all-purpose spice rub that we have and uh, we are working again on the formalization of all the labeling and working with AHS to get it to market. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we'll do a four to one mix of that. So four parts apple cider to the one part of our rub and just let it sit and we do have it for use but again a lot of people luckily have have been kind enough to say that it has been so moist and juicy that they haven't needed to to add sauce whether it be like a store-bought sauce or or anything that uh, we may provide that's awesome any other kind of barbecue you uh, you do much cooking of or uh, I do. Um, I've adjusted the pit too, oddly enough, to do some smashcock turkeys okay. over the years, which right. have actually worked really, really well. Oh. Um, I do have a kettle grill and a pellet grill too, yep. so I've got. Um, I really like a little bias, but I really like our rub, so yep. I'll use that on chickens or poultry uh, or ribs. So. Yep. I do uh, pork ribs that I really like on the pellet smoker, even on the, the kettle grill, yep. and we'll do that with our rub, and towards the end we'll just start basting it with maple syrup, nice. just to give it a little bit more sugar content, a little bit more stickiness to it, and just another different flavor profile to it. So do, do mainly that. I haven't. The only brisket that I've explored into was for uh, corn beef, corn beef. Okay. For Rubens. Nice. Um, yep. But other than that, I haven't actually taken the plunge into the Texas style full, yep. full heavy style brisket. Uh, yeah. Little oddly enough, being an Alberta boy, I like my beef as a steak. Yeah, that's so. all right. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, been on the brisket for a while. The last couple, finally. Won't say I've got it, but my last two have turned out pretty good. So. Yeah, it's always good to hear. It's, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Takes a lot of work too, and that's. I mean, I think people see whole hog is a lot of work, but realistically, doing a brisket. I mean, the amount of time and detail and attention with trim work, seasoning, yeah. and just even maintaining your fire, whether it's it be a, a, it's a patience. Smoker, that's what I've, I've learned crazy. with these last two. I've just got to start it the day before. So you know, if it if we want to eat. For dinner the next day, I'm cook, starting cooking the night before, so yeah, it's, and, uh, it's I mean, been it's, plenty of time, right? It's no small task, and it's no small yeah. monetary feat either. No. I mean, briskets, they're not cheap, nope. and they can be easily messed up, yeah, which I've is learned that as well, yeah. very disappointing and yeah. very frustrating, but I mean, I mean, yeah. any barbecue really yeah. can. You can overcook a steak or yeah. overcook a chicken, so yeah. you just got to have that attention to detail and Indeed. put that focus in and just appreciate kind of slowing down a little bit and focusing on something else besides work or your cell phone. Indeed. So future plans for Pitt County? What uh, Future plans uh, over the next few months here. Uh, we want to keep building the traction that we have with mm-hmm. the release of all the media. Uh, so what we want to do here is uh, we were hoping to have a partnership brewery event. Um, it's not sadly looking like it's going to happen. Uh, this season, yep. hopefully next season. So, working towards another uh, recon trip down to North Carolina in November. Nice. Uh, refine a few things and change a few things with the pit to do a winter cook. Okay. Um, so, I'm hoping to do our first decent sized winter cook in December. Right. Um, 
the plan is to do the formal release of our spice blend in January and then kind of working into the spring again, uh, just refining the more catering side of our recipes. So all the cornbread and everything I was mentioning and, and do uh, a food shoot uh, with one of my friends who took all the photos and video uh, right. on the Instagram, uh, yeah. Andrew Martin. So he's been really great to work with. So we're going to have him come out, do uh, a shooting session, maybe a, a video or two of our sides just to get it out there again what we can offer for our catering side and uh, from there just keep pushing so the the notion is hopefully April to do a 2020 kickoff release for right. that season and then just start booking events May long weekend yeah, yeah. moving forward so as many events as we can get yeah. um, we're happy and yeah the size is like I said from 50 and up Hog style. So yeah. realistically, if you're trying to plan an event on your side and you're not sure what size of pig you want, uh, one you can always call us or message us, email us, uh, use the website, Instagram. We've got all our contact information on there, and we can help cater to your needs. Right. Um, if not, a good rule of thumb we found is to take the total size and knock off 35 percent and that's usually a comfortable number for how much meat and how many people you can actually feed for for an animal so working around that it's a good starting point um, again sides we can help tailor but yeah really moving forward what we want to do for next season is just get everything in place to do some larger scale catering events so have whether it be family reunions, graduation parties, even weddings. Um, I know barbecue is a little informal for a wedding, but uh, to each their own. So Alberta. We, uh, we really want to work with the clients. We want to, I don't like saying boutique. Uh, I feel it's a little too kind of hoity-toity. Um, but we really want to give a hands-on approach to the experience. So if people are curious what we do or what we can provide, or even if they don't like the side options, we... Luckily, have a depth of working with industry professionals and having some experience myself that if you don't want the traditional barbecue sides, we can provide other things nice. and um, yeah, cater cater to the needs of the event and, yeah. and the size of the people and even dietary uh, restrictions as well, whether it be lactose intolerance or gluten intolerance. Um, we can even make our cornbread gluten free right. and predominantly a lot of the other things that we do as well we can so whether we're finding particular cans of beans that don't actually have gluten for a thickener in there or if we're taking the beans from dry bean yeah. and using that as well i mean we can really adjust as needed for, nice. for the clientele yeah, nice so just jumping back on the number thing so you're talking about take the number of people take take the the poundage of the animal okay so if you were to take let's say a hundred pound pig you're going to feed 65 people exactly okay. and same sort of thing 50 take off 35 and, yeah. and, That's and work from there. yeah yeah no, it's, <laughs> exactly so it's a good rule of thumb yeah. um everybody's different so i mean if you're having a bunch of kids at the event or sure. older people of course everybody eats different but a, a good rule of thumb too is a pound to 1.2 pounds per person right uh for for the meat and again we can adjust we can either cook it completely to the point of falling off the bone, tear it apart, pull pork, or we can make it so we just pull off a bit and you can actually have some ribs and you can actually have some kind of chops. And what we do like doing rather than the pulled pork style is again, we like 
following that eastern northern Carolina style of actually chopped. Right. So one style that they have down there that people might not be familiar with is instead of actually pulling the meat, uh, you'll pull it to a certain extent or break it apart and then you'll actually chop it. Yeah. So you can get a fine chop or a coarser chop and again down there everybody has it different. You can request it differently and one thing again paying homage to Skylight that we like doing is when we get the skin just right, taking big chunks of it, putting it in the meat, cutting it up and just giving a different flavor profile and a different textural yep. component to the meat too, which again, you don't really see. Yeah. And it is something that we pride on ourselves on being able to cook it to a point where you can do that without having to add barbecue sauce or something. A lot of the times when you go to barbecue restaurants and order a pulled pork sandwich, you're kind of tasting more of the sauce than the meat. And with us being in Alberta and a lot of it being focused on beef, I mean, we have amazing pork here too. And Alberta Pork is a great organization and we really just want to showcase the the great products that we do have here and we want you to taste the meat. So we want to season it as minimally as we can so you can actually get that quality of meat that we're getting through the butchers that we're using, providing that higher end meat to actually be recognized when you're eating it. So I think that is also one of the reasons that when people are eating it, they're saying they don't need the sauces because when you're uh, buying some of your meat sometimes at fast uh, grocery stores, it's, it's not yeah. bad quality by any means. But it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, yeah, when you're getting it from like Bear and the Flower Farm or or the yep. the colonies around uh, Alberta, you're yep. you're getting a different product. So it's it's been good to, to work with the local purveyors and farmers in, in Alberta. And I mean, we really want to support that as well. I mean, it's a huge, huge industry. Everybody thinks beef. But again, for, for us, oddly enough, pork. Alberta pork is it's great. And uh, the marbling and the breeds and heritage that we have here for pork is, is great. Absolutely. Where can folks find you, Peter? People can find us at Instagram, so Pitt County Barbecue on Instagram. Yep. Uh, our website is pittcountybarbecue.squarespace.com. And uh, either of those two would be the best uh, sources. We've got our contact information there from our mailing address, contact form on our website, to uh, phone numbers, emails, and everything. So our email is pittcountybarbecue at gmail.com uh, for any inquiries or even just general questions. And I'm the one always answering our Instagram and email, so you're always getting... getting Right to to the source. Right to the source, exactly. So any questions, even if you want to know how to potentially do it yourself or where to go for an animal, it's not competition, it's uh, collaboration and and companionship. I mean, we want to make sure that we're supporting the people out there who want to get into it just as much as they're supporting us by hiring us for events. So we're... We want to be supportive to the Alberta Barbecue community, just like you have been with your podcast. We do really appreciate what you're doing, and thank you're you. doing great work. So thank well, you My pleasure, much. man. Before we wrap up, uh, what's your go-to meal? might be obvious, but what's... Uh, uh, go-to meal definitely in in the summer is, is the pork, but yeah. I mean, obviously you can't do a whole whole hog all the time, yeah. so either just a really good steak with uh, kosher salt, cracked pepper, and garlic powder just to balance those out, yeah. um, or just great restaurants in the city like why not cafe and bar yeah. uh, levi and adrian are doing some amazing things there so a little out of the way and a little hidden sometimes but mm-hmm. um it's on 109th street right across from the running room and upstairs and yeah. definitely worth checking out if you haven't heard it sure peter thanks so much for doing this appreciate it yeah thank you very much keep uh, keep going with what you're doing i love it thank you awesome 
Thank you, everybody, for your time. Thank you for listening. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. Big thanks to Peter from Pitt County Barbecue for joining me on the show this week. Check out his social media links in the show notes and keep an eye on the exciting whole hog barbecue they are cooking in the Edmonton area. Wherever you are, I encourage you to get out and support your local barbecue joints. If you visit our website at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca, you'll find a listing of all the great barbecue joints here in Alberta. I feel that the heart of barbecue is gathering around the fire with friends and loved ones to share not just food, but also community and memories. Find some time to gather with those close to you to share some great food in each other's company. Go make some memories around the fire. Hit me up on social to let me know about your barbecue adventures. I'm on Twitter at EatMoreBarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at Eat underscore more underscore barbecue. The email is EatMoreBarbecue at gmail.com. Thank you so much to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Until next time, folks, keep on smoking. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV and is a production of www.eatmorebarbecue.ca.